Now the question is this, what is it that I do with my day? Is it gold, silver, precious stones, or is it wood, hay, and stubble? What did you, what did I build upon this foundation, our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, what did we build on it today? What did we build on it last week? What did we build on it last month, last year? Welcome to Under the Fig Tree. Under the Fig Tree is a verse-by-verse study taught by Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel of Greeley. We are currently studying through the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. Here's Pastor Jeff. We don't see ourselves as being better and just separate ourselves from other Christians. And if we're not careful, what can happen is, is that we can have envy, we can have strife and leads to division and have the spirit of carnality that can invade our lives. And so Paul says, no. You're carnal, and this is a mark, and he's addressing this. In verse 6, I planted Apollos water, and God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Paul and Apollos, they're just vessels or instruments, but God uses, the apostle says, that is, we're not anything. We're just instruments to be used of the Lord for his purposes. So don't put your identity with us, but you need to identify with the Lord. You don't elevate the instrument above the one who made or uses the instrument. When Angie or Linda gets off playing the keyboard or Jim, you know, the the guitar, we had a wonderful time of worship, just worshiping the Lord. And after the service, I'm not going to come up to the guitar and say, oh, that was a wonderful time of worship guitar and keyboards. You were great as well. But I'm appreciative of those who are playing the guitar, uh, Linda and Angie playing the keyboards. That's what is the blessing. And that's what Paul is emphasizing. Here he says, I planted Apollos water, but God is the one who gave the increase, who gives life. Using the analogy of a seed planted in the ground, something that we can understand here in this area in Greeley. When seeds are planted, and planting time is going to be a short time away because we're entering in the spring. And so the seed is planted, and then the irrigators come along, and they irrigate. And the farmer, uh, the one who plants, the one who irrigates, he doesn't really make the plant grow. He's just an instrument to be used to plant the seed, to water, to provide the right environment. It's the miracle of life that makes the plant grow. And it is something that we need to understand and realize that with ministry, when it comes to bringing people to Jesus... The evangelist plants, the Bible teacher waters, to which is more important? Paul says neither. The important thing is not what we can do, but what God can do. So don't elevate the servant above the master. And as we discussed again last week, it is the Spirit of God that works in us to bring people to Christ, to grow them, give them understanding, changes lives, changes hearts. The evangelist doesn't really do that. The Bible teacher doesn't really do that. Now remember, keep things in perspective and what Paul is trying to relay to them. He's not saying that that they don't have a part to play. Yes, we do. 
It's a very important work that God has called us to be his servants, to, to do that work in furthering the kingdom of God, to be obedient to that, to give the gospel message, to be teaching the word of God, those kinds of things. To give that simple message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. But God gets the glory. He gives the increase. God is the one that opens our eyes, softens our hearts. He changes our hearts. But what we can do is we emphasize the man who is more important. The one who's greater. The one who has the greatest abilities. And we focus on that one person. And they are not anything compared to what God has done because he gives the increase. God is the one that sent his son to die for you and me on Calvary's cross. Jesus is the one that went to the cross freely and willingly for you and for me. The one who lived a sinless life became sin for you and I. That as we come to him and as we put our faith and trust in him, we have forgiveness of sin. We have right relationship with the Father. He gives us a new heart. We have the hope of heaven. That's the work God has done. None of us have done that. In verse 8, Now he who plants and he who waters are one. And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Apollos and I are one. So why would you want to create division? We're one. Now it would be ridiculous to say at harvest time, well, planting, the ones who plant the seeds, that's the most important part. And, and the irrigators, the waterers, nah, they're not important. They're, they're out to lunch. Or for the irrigators, the waterers to say, well, that's the most important part, what we have done. And the planters are nobodies and all of this. The fact is, both the planters and the waterers, the irrigators, are important, aren't they? They're both necessary, both need each other, and both are working towards the same goal. And what is that? For there to be a harvest, for there to be fruit. And then Paul says something that is very interesting and important for us to understand, and that is, verse 8, each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. And so here's the thing. A lot of Christians don't understand then when we go to heaven, there are rewards to be given to us for the labor that we do in this life. And that's what he's going to begin to explain and talk on as we move on in the next few verses. Paul will receive, he says, I will for planting. He writes, Apollos is going to receive a reward for watering. And that's the beautiful thing about serving God. He rewards us for the labor that we do for him, not the results. All right? That's important for us to understand. He rewards us for the labor that we do for him, not the results, because the results belong to him. He writes, he will receive a reward for his labor, not for what is produced, because God gives the increase. I cannot produce fruit in your life. I cannot provide forgiveness of sin. I cannot save anyone. And what God has called me to do is an important work. And I want to be faithful to it. I want to be faithful to give the gospel. I want to be faithful to teach the word of God. But as I am doing that and as God is using me and working through me, that he gets the increase. And that brings me great comfort because there are times where I can think, you know what, I'm such a failure, Lord. I'm so unimportant. 
I'm so insignificant, or why aren't more people getting saved? Why aren't more people coming out and hearing Bible study? As I plant the seeds of the gospel, as I give you the water of the word of God, as I desire to do that, to be faithful with God's help and through his grace, that it's God who gives the results, and I can rest in that, as I mentioned. And I hope that encourages you as well. As you're ministering to your kids, as you who minister in the back to the children or minister to the youth or to the toddlers, or maybe you teach a Bible study or a group or discipling an individual or two, just rest in what God has given you opportunity to do. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25, And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each one according to his own ability. And it really is amazing that God has given us the opportunity to be used of him, that he's chosen to use us, ordinary people like you and I, to further the kingdom of God, to give the gospel. God wants to use us. He's chosen to use us because God could have written the gospel in the sky. He could have used angels to bring the gospel message. He will use an angel in the last days, right before his second coming. But today... He's chosen to use you and me to do his work, to give that message of Christ crucified. We are God's fellow workers. Verse 9, we are his field. We are his building. He wants to use you and to bring forth fruit, to build his kingdom. Verse 10, according to the grace which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. You are a building. I have laid a foundation. And what is that foundation? That foundation just is not principles of life or religious wise sayings, but it's the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church there in Matthew chapter 16, didn't he? I will build it. And when did he say that? When Peter made that confession up there at Caesarea Philippi. Who do you say that I am, Jesus asked. Well, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. It's you. It's not some theology. It's just not moral teaching. It's you, Lord. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven, and upon this rock, that is what? What rock? The rock of your confession. I will build my church. And the church is based upon a person, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior. He is our hope, our coming King. And when any time Christians individually or a group of people in a home, in a Bible study, in a church get together and we say we just want to know him and love him and praise him and spend time with him. That is the church that Jesus will build. That is the foundation. That's why we're here at Calvary Chapel, that we would just be lovers of the Lord, loving him, studying the scriptures, finding out more about the nature and life and love of Jesus Christ. Paul says, that is the foundation that I have laid. No other foundation, no other purpose, agenda. Singular is the foundation, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. So verse 12, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work out of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. In verse 15, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, 
but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Now this is important. Christ is the foundation upon which the church is being built. Paul acknowledges that there are some who are building with wood, hay, and stubble. Others are building with gold, silver, and precious stones. But there is a day, verse 13, the day that is coming, in which the building is going to be tested. It is to be tested by fire. And when that day of testing comes, then it's going to be manifested, the materials that were used in the building. Upon the foundation comes the efforts, the activities, the ministries of our life, what you do in response to who he is. Everything that you do, from that point on, when you realize that Jesus, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God, that you're it. Now everything that you do is building on that foundation, that truth, that Jesus is the Christ, that he is Lord. He is the Savior of the world. And you are building with either gold, silver, precious stones, or you're building with wood, hay, and straw. Now we know that when there's a fire, that wood, hay, and straw are perishable. When there's fire, gold, silver, precious stones will go through that fire that Paul is speaking of, and they will come out refined and purified. So again, everything that I do, every day that I live, I am building upon that foundation that Jesus is my Lord. He's the Christ. Now the question is this. What is it that I do with my day? Is it gold, silver, precious stones, or is it wood, hay, and stubble? What did you, what did I build upon this foundation, our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, what did we build on it today? What did we build on it last week? What did we build on it last month, last year? Was it wood, hay, and straw? Or gold, silver, and precious stones? Say, what's the difference? How do I know? Remember Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 when he was talking about the religious leaders? The religious leaders with their external religiousness. I mean, they prayed. They gave. They fasted. They were ones that were dedicated to keeping the law. All of this. But Jesus would say in Matthew chapter 6, because when you give, you blow the trumpets to draw attention. When you fast, you go into the marketplaces and you're all gaunt looking and your hair is messed up and you know you got your sackcloth on, whatever it might be. You better sit in the best seats in the synagogue. When you pray, you do it on the street corner so everybody can see you and, and say, man, look at them. Look how spiritual they are. Jesus said concerning them that you have received your reward. Think wood, hay, and straw. So we want to make sure that the attitude of our hearts and the motives of our hearts are right. The, the motives of our hearts are not to where we desire to receive the praise of men, to be elevated, to draw attention to ourselves and away from the Lord. Now I know that there are times in our lives where we do get recognized, we get appreciated for the ministries that we have done. But it's a matter of the heart. Were you doing those things because of your love for Jesus Christ, because you want to further the kingdom, because you've humbled yourself and said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm your servant. 
Is that why we do it? So here, our works will be judged, I believe, to the motives of our hearts. Do you love the Lord? Do you want to bring glory to Him, to serve in humility? Or do you want to be noticed, bring attention to yourself? What is your motive? Only the Lord knows. You're the one that can present your heart to the Lord. And I hope that we do things because, Lord, you're the one, that you're the salvation of my life, you're our hope, you're the creator of the universe, you're the king of kings, you're the Lord of all lords. It's not me. And that we would all have a desire. All of us as believers are going to stand before the Lord at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Not to be judged for our sins, okay? Not to be judged for our sins. Our sins have already been judged by Jesus Christ. He took that judgment upon himself when he died on Calvary's cross. So Paul says that you're going to all stand at the Bema reward seat of Jesus Christ to receive rewards what you've done in the body, whether good or bad. And that is going to take place on that day, and our works are going to be judged by fire. Wood, hay, and stubble, or precious stones? Were we doing it because we love you, Lord? Because you're the priority of my life? Sometimes people say, well, what is the fire? I used to think when I first read this and when I was first saved, when I get to heaven, that there would be kind of this big oven. And everything that I did, you know, all the sermons that I preached, all the ministry that I did, it's all this stuff just kind of big pile gets shoveled into this big oven and up in flames it goes and whatever's left, gold, silver, maybe a speck here, there, whatever it might be. I don't think it's going to be that way. Revelation chapter 1 talks about the Apostle John seeing the resurrected Lord and describes his eyes as eyes of flames and fire. And I suggest that when we see him, he, he's going to look at us. And we're just going to be overwhelmed like he was and so warmed by what we see. His eyes of love, his eyes of fire. And I think that immediately all the wood, hay, and stubble of our lives, all the things that are unlike him, are just going to burn up. And all the things that I did with the right motives or in humility, the further the kingdom of God bring glory to him, it's going to shine forth. I don't know exactly what it means, the rewards. I know the Bible talks a whole lot about it and crowns that we're going to receive. Even specifically tells us what we can receive crowns for. But he's going to get the glory. You see, every single one of us that names the name of Jesus Christ were saved those of us who are believers of him in our hearts, we understand that he is the foundation. Verse 15, we'll be saved yet so as through fire when we make it to heaven. But the wood, hay, and stubble of our lives are going to melt in his sight. So what's my prayer for all of us? I pray that we would prioritize the things of the kingdom in our lives. That we would understand this that there's eternal rewards to be given when we go to heaven and stand before the Lord. The last chapter of the Bible in Revelation chapter 22, Jesus said, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I remember Pastor Darrell, he used to tell the guys this. He used to say, I have a great investment for you guys, and that is investing in the kingdom of God because the returns are out of this world. And, and he's right. 
The rewards are out of this world. And they're eternal. And we will receive them, and they will last for all eternity. But if we prioritize so much the things of this world, and folks, I understand that we're in the world, and we got jobs, and we got kids we raise, and there's activities that are being done. But I pray that we would understand, first of all, that the Lord desires to use you because he chooses the foolish and weak things of the world. That's what Paul is saying. And then second of all, that as we understand that our basis and our unity and our foundation is Jesus Christ, that as we go through this life, that we would desire to bring glory and honor to him, to wherever he has you and placed you, whatever ministry opportunities that you have, and that he will give the increase. He's responsible for the results. So if you're a mother at home and you're raising your children in the ways and the things of God, then, then be faithful to that. He's going to reward you for that. If you're teaching the toddlers in the back and the you know, toddlers are pulling your hair and, and, and all of this, you're going to be rewarded for that. If you're ministering to the most difficult teenagers, the Lord's going to reward you for that. Just be faithful. As you serve at Vacation Bible School and the kids come in from playing a game and they want a drink of water because they can't reach the drinking fountain and you give them a drink of water. As you pray with people that are hurting or make a meal for somebody. As you have opportunity to share with people in your family or neighbors or those at school or those you work alongside of that those things would take priority in our lives, and we would invest in that way. I've had people say to me, well, isn't it selfish to desire rewards? I don't see that in the Scriptures. I see where the apostles talk about and Jesus talks about, you should desire rewards in heaven. I like what Warren Worsby said. He said, heaven is not just a destination, but it's a motivation. A motivation in our lives, because first of all, Lord, I want to be faithful, to bring glory and honor to you. I don't know what it means exactly, our rewards. But Lord, I know it's going to be glorious. And second of all, it keeps me in a proper perspective of, Lord, you know what? This world isn't where it's at. But it's you and serving you. Because the things of this world are going to go away. And the recognition and all of that is going to go away till one day we're going to stand and just worship you. We'll cast all our crowns back at your feet. But Lord, whatever it might be, what a privilege and an honor to have an opportunity to serve you. Let's do that, folks. Let's go for it, especially in the day in which we're living, individually and as a church corporately. Let's say today, Lord, that is a priority, to serve you, to be used of you wherever you have me in doing the simple things. There are things to do here, folks. There is so much ministry that takes place there are needs that we have, whether it's serving in a coffee shop and whether it's serving with the children, whether it's ushering at the door or coming in and, and doing yard work this summer as we get closer. And the Lord, as you have those opportunities to serve him, you do it because of your love for him. Because, see, I don't have pictures of the deacon, deacon of the month in the foyer area or you get your own parking place. But you're doing it because you love him and you want to further the kingdom. And it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to share with others the goodness and faithfulness of God, what he's done in your life, and to be able to care about others and be interested in others. So much of Christianity today is so self-focused and self-centered. But the Bible says it's other-centered. 
and how people need to see that we're different and people need to see the kingdom of God working in such a way that it's real. And they get that message of Jesus Christ in Him crucified. And you see, that all works together. And the person who will come in and, and get the coffee you know, ready at, at 6.37 in the morning, that helps me be able to go up and go over notes and be in prayer for the study that we're going to do today. You see how that all works? And I'm glad and happy to make coffee. Don't misunderstand me or to clean the church. I'll clean the bathrooms. That doesn't bother me. But we all have things that we can do. And I just, I think what I'm saying is I want to see you be used. And maybe not even in these four walls, but in other places. I know some of you have ministries that you do in other places, and it's wonderful. Just be faithful to what God calls you to do and the opportunities He's given to you. And do it with a love for Him. Thank you for joining us on Under the Fig Tree. If you would like a copy of today's study, please call us and ask for the message with today's date. Our phone number is 970 970- Three three zero one seven one seven. That number again, nine seven zero three three zero one seven one seven. If you prefer, you can write us at two six zero two West Twenty Seventh Street, Greeley, Colorado eight zero six three four. You can also visit us online at ccgreeley.com. Under the Fig Tree is brought to you by Calvary Chapel of Greeley. We invite you to join with us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. and our Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Please join with us next time as we continue to study the Bible together on Under the Fig Tree.